Hi, this is Richard Watts, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Smart Arts, a weekly radio show bringing news, reviews and interviews about the arts. Broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Thursday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and if you have any questions or feedback, feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website. The Australia Council for the Arts recently released the uh, results of the National Arts Participation Survey, which shows that 90%, uh, sorry, 98% of Australians engage with the arts, including 92% say they listen to recorded music, uh, 72% read books, 68% of people attend live events such as uh, dance, theatre, music and more, and 45% of Australians say they creatively participate in the arts rather than just consuming the arts. So some of those figures are good and important, but they have... uh one of the things that those reports that report has inspired is a statement put out by MIA, the Media Entertainment and Arts Alliance. It's the, the union for the creative sector. And MIA has put out a statement saying that Australia needs a comprehensive cultural policy. Joining us to tell us a little bit more, the director of MIA's musicians division, Paul Davies. Paul, thanks for joining us here at Triple R. Oh, my pleasure. So why uh, does Australia need a comprehensive cultural policy? What is such a policy and what would it actually enable us to do that we're not doing now? Well, good. That's a good question. Uh, I think what we're, what we're saying is the evidence that was pre- presented in that uh, Australia Council report, and in fact in quite a number of reports over the years, if you look back, is compelling you know, there is no doubt that Australians participate and understand the intrinsic value of sort of structured creative activities, if I can use that term. I mean, all of the things that we do, which involve imagination, sort of skilled creative activities, whether it's music, film, TV, photography, sculpture, drama, every, all the performing arts. Uh, we know that. We know it's important. The arguments are clear. The economic arguments are clear. The intrinsic value of our creative activities are clear. But there is still a failure of leadership in terms of political support for supporting and sustaining those practices, for understanding, it seems, what it means to communities, to families, to allow improved access and participation at a local level. I mean, we're not just talking about the major performing arts companies or other high level, if you like, where where artistic excellence is really the the, uh, name of the game. uh, What we're talking about is localised access and participation in those really important things that make life worthwhile, really, and that kind of inspire all parts of our lives. We think the arguments are compelling. What's missing is the drive to back up those arguments through and to really do what our, our communities deserve, and that is to support people having access to those activities in their own uh, communities, to allow them to participate in music lessons, whatever it happens to be. Now, um, a cultural policy would, would provide leadership to make that happen and would invigorate all of us. Now, certainly, the to pick up on one of the key words you used, uh, not just supporting but sustaining the arts in all their forms in Australia, uh, it 
does seem slightly strange to me, and obviously I'm biased. I host an arts program and I work for an art, yeah. arts website. Uh, right. uh, but it, it seems strange to me that uh, if we talk about the arts as an industry, we're talking kind of about millions and millions of dollars being injected into the Australian economy every year for other sectors, for mining, for agriculture and so forth. The federal government seems to have a plan about how to kind of support, sustain and develop and grow that industry. Uh, the fact that there is not such a plan for the arts, that there is not a, a comprehensive cultural policy that will support the growth of the sector at every level from, from local grassroots kind of uh, backyard festivals through to the major arts organisation. It, it, it seems a, a remarkable absence. Absolutely. And, I mean, it, it's too easy, in fact, to dwell on the problem, although they need to, it does need to be stated. I mean, the, the fact that support for our sector was really seen as an afterthought by the federal government in this current pandemic, the support that did come through eventually is still kind of sitting there. There's no real method for how it will be distributed. And in fact, there's a worrying trend. I mean, it's not a trend that's new, it's not a new development. And that is that the existing infrastructure, quite reliable and, and very well-tested and trusted infrastructure for developing or for distributing whatever funds are available, is, is sort of sidelined a bit by what this current federal uh, arts minister is doing by way of having appointed what he's calling the Creative Economy Task Force. I mean, the Australia Council is set up at arm's length from government to make decisions. It's very well informed and able to do that. But somehow this minister has uh, thought it's necessary to appoint a new group of you know, arbiters of elegance to somehow um, make these decisions that the Australia Council would be much better place to do. So this sort of politicisation of the, of, of the sector is unhelpful, unnecessary, um, but it's a reality and we need to work to somehow eliminate it and actually get back to what matters. Now, in terms of developing a comprehensive cultural policy for the art sector, to come back to the recent Australia Council report, do you think that having a, a kind of the kind of cultural policy that you and your colleagues at MIA are talking about could address some of the negative uh, perceptions around the arts, for example. The Australia Council report states that despite the fact that 98% of Australians engage with the arts in some way, uh, we've seen an increase in the number of people who say the arts is not for them and that uh, yeah. that they are talking about perceptions of elitism, whether because of ticket prices or the, the way that some artists talk about themselves and their practice. Could a cultural policy help address those concerns that the arts are somehow an elite activity, despite the fact that... Uh, I don't know, you sitting in your backyard playing the guitar is an art, is, is the arts. Well, of, of course, and that's the irony. I mean, the other uh, point that I think you mentioned in, in your introduction is that 98% of Australians participate. So um, art is artistic and creative uh, activity is not an elitist activity. It's not elitist, it's by definition. I mean, the elite is 98%. Uh, I mean that's that's the that's the reality. So this kind of confection or this um, construction of um, uh, yeah, I think self-serving um, ideological arguments that 
somehow artists are elite um, is, uh, as always the case, um, is defeated by the reality. But, of course, if there is that perception that somehow people feel excluded um, because of the way things are talked about or, or perhaps very real constraints such as, um, uh, you know, ticket prices, access, ha people having just busy lives, they are the sorts of things that we would want to address and we'll be uh, putting forward more ideas about for a cultural policy. That is, how do busy people, all of us, in fact, make find the time, find the money um, to get to uh, the events and the activities uh, that uh, enrich our lives and that are necessary. That, that's where we're going to be putting our focus on participation at a local level. That, of course, builds audiences and makes and contributes to the overall uh, economic uh, uh, viability and growth in the sector. But it also, much more importantly, I think, um, means that people will participate and through their participation, that sort of alienation, that sense that it's not for me, really is just, uh, uh, will, will dissipate. Um, I think it's a myth anyway, because we know 98% of people uh, participate in one form or another. Well, it may be a myth, but it's certainly a myth that seems to be growing. It was uh, There were yeah. only 13% of respondents in 2013 who said that the arts was not for them. That's now increased to 29% of respondents. So clearly there is... Uh, uh, that myth is deep-rooted and does appear to be gaining in strength that the arts are somehow an elite activity uh, and not for, for the average Australian. The development of a national cultural policy, uh, how likely is it that... Uh, the lobbying of MIA and other bodies, peak bodies across the arts, could see the federal government introduce such a policy because they went to the last federal election and the federal election before that and the federal election before that without any kind of detailed kind of arts policy whatsoever. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, both sides of um, federal politics need to come to the party on this and we would eventually, of course, hope to... Um, elevate uh, this um, agenda, if you like, the need. This is an essential uh, human activity we're talking about, and it should really be above the kind of day-to-day -day political fray. Of course, we're realists, and we know that um, people do play politics with it. Um, our, our aim is uh, not simply to uh, advocate. I mean, there are plenty of great advocates and fantastic and well-resourced um, um, research materials available uh, to anyone interested in this topic. Uh, the, what's missing is really the political and um, social, if you like, consensus about how to compel decision makers to adopt a, com a comprehensive um, cultural policy, uh, what that should look like. Uh, that's the work we'll be doing. We, we will be building uh, and building on our networks to develop that content and to uh, involve people in the, in, the, in the deployment of that content, if you like, to spread the conversation and to um, put these ideas to all political parties. Um, and I think there is a growing um, groundswell of opinion and of uh, a movement, if you like, of people needing to see this recognised by government. Um, so that's where we'll be, we're, we're putting our efforts and uh, we're hopeful that one or, or you know, perhaps both sides of the uh, aisle in Canberra 
and elsewhere in our, our parliaments will see the uh, essential merits in doing this. And uh, I believe that uh, you're also asking people to contribute to uh, Mia's participation in the arts survey as well. That's, that's right. Thanks for raising that. Yes, we are. So uh, we're, we're, uh, we'll be launching soon uh, a, a campaign uh, to really push this along. And the first set-up part of this campaign is a community arts participation survey available on our Facebook page. You'll see the link. Um, and we'll, that's the first in a series of uh, activities that we'll be rolling out over the next year or more, uh, in, certainly in the lead-up to, um, to the next federal election. But we don't see this as a short-term activity. It's a long-term process. We're absolutely committed to achieving... Um, something that's um, you know, achieving this cultural policy, but also a achieving a uh, an outcome that's, as I said before, you picked up on the word, something that sustains our community, sustains the industry, sustains employment, builds good jobs, sustainable jobs for artists of all types. Um, that's absolutely achievable, and uh, we don't underestimate the task, but that's what we're aiming towards, and that's what we'll be doing. If you uh, want to participate in Mia's participation in the art survey, as Paul mentioned, you can go to Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash with Mia. That's with M-E-A-A. Uh, Mia, the Media, Entertainment and Arts Alliance is the Union for Arts Workers in Australia, of which I am proud to be a member. Paul Davies, many thanks for joining us on the program today. Thank you. Good luck. <laughs> If you keep an eye on what's going on in the arts politically, you may know that last week the federal government have announced an inquiry into the arts sector, a parliamentary inquiry into the arts in COVID. What is an inquiry like that? What does it actually do? What benefit has it got? Is it just an opportunity for, I don't know, for the wheels of government to spin a little more slowly while they, they digest all the submissions? Or will it have real practical outcomes? Joining us to discuss this issue is Ben Eltham, a writer, journalist, researcher, creative producer and social commentator, as well as a sometimes host of Uncommon Sense here on Triple R. Ben, a very good morning to you and thanks for joining me on the program. Yeah, morning, Richard. Uh, gee, that was a bit of a wanky introduction, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, all good. So um, what exactly is a parliamentary inquiry and why has the federal government announced one into the arts? It doesn't really seem like the kind of thing the current federal government would care much about. Have they been pressured into it? So that's an interesting question, Richard. So, yeah, um, it's been announced by the federal Parliament. So it's not the government itself, it's made up of all the members of Parliament, and they have these kind of things called committees, right, where they sit and have meetings and talk about various things, um, and they've announced, uh, yeah, that's right, an inquiry into what they're calling Australia's creative and cultural industries and institutions. So this is an inquiry that will take submissions, people from the general public can write in and they can tell the parliamentarians what they think are the important issues. They'll probably have hearings as well, so they'll invite some people to come and speak to the parliamentarians. And then down the track, probably next year, they'll write a report. 
What would such a report achieve? I mean, apart from summarising the information they've been presented, would such a report, for example, I don't know, help drive the idea of a comprehensive cultural policy for the arts, which Paul Davies from MIA was talking about on the program about 40 minutes ago? <laughs> uh, probably not, <laughs> I'd have to say. So, I mean, Parliament does these inquiries and reports all the time. Most of the time, they sit on the shelf, they gather dust. Now, they don't always do that. Sometimes they lead to, you know, policy change. Um, and they can obviously generate a great deal of interest. They can publish findings. They can influence the, the views of politicians and other parliamentarians and indeed the government. So um, it's very much up to the arts and cultural community, I think, to use this parliamentary inquiry as an opportunity to try and put forward their values and their interests in this particular moment. Now, one of the things that intrigues me about the, an inquiry like this is, yes, the, the usual kind of the usual suspects, the usual players, the peak bodies, Mia, I'm sure, will put in a submission, Theatre Network Australia, NAVA, the National Association for the Visual Arts, and other organisations will put submissions in. Would you encourage artists, uh, particularly independent artists working in home studios? For, well, we're all w w working from home studios at the moment, I guess, at least here in Melbourne. But would you encourage not just artists to submit to this inquiry, but kind of triple R listeners, for example, right now, people who love the arts, are passionate about the arts and want to support the sector? Is this a way that people can really kind of try to push for the government as a whole to recognise the, the, the many, many values, intrinsic and otherwise, that the arts have for our community? Yeah, I would, Richard. I would actually encourage people to, to write a submission. Um, you know, I think that um, the more people that submit, you know, that shows the level of interest and passion and commitment out there in the community. And parliamentarians do take that stuff seriously. Um, of course, they take other things seriously too, like votes and, you know, the, uh, the, the sort of interest groups and stuff like that. Uh, someone's a bit grumpy at my house. I know how they feel. The, this COVID is making everybody grumpy. Uh, yes, as a two-year-old, he's a little bit grumpy. Um, but, I mean, you know, that sort of highlights actually one of the things that the the terms of reference is talking about, which is the impact of COVID-19 on the creative and cultural industries. You know, there's been a significant impact, obviously, of the pandemic um, on these industries. People are out of work. Um, Theatres are shut. You know, performing arts venues are shut. Festivals have closed. So, I mean, I think it's really important to get those, those ideas out there and to let the parliamentarians know what's going on. Now, it's certainly an opportunity to make sure that a range of voices are heard. Uh, now, there are a couple of options that people have in terms of uh, submitting to this parliamentary inquiry into the arts. There is a survey, a 20-question survey, many of which are uh, just boxes to tick and other boxes that you can write kind of uh, thoughtful, detail, more detailed answers in. Or you can make a, a formal submission in the form of a letter or a substantial paper or even in audiovisual format, which means if you're better at communicating through the spoken word, through song, perhaps, rather than... Than, uh, a formal kind of written application you can submit in a variety of ways. Uh, in any advice, Ben, for people who might be thinking about making a submission, whether a personal one or one on behalf of their arts organisation or arts business? 
Yeah, um, my advice is um, make sure you answer the terms of reference. So if you go to the Australian Parliament House website, you should be able to find the page for the inquiry, um, and that will give you the terms of reference. So I think there's about six terms of reference about what the inquiry is actually looking at. It's looking at, it says, the direct and indirect economic benefits of the cultural and creative industries. It's looking at the non-economic benefits that enhance community and social well-being. It's looking at policy, you know, how to organise and coordinate policy between the various layers of government. It's looking at COVID-19 and it's looking for avenues to increase access and opportunity for Australia's creative and cultural industries through innovation and through the digital environment. So um, make sure you have a go at answering at least one of those six dot points. And, you know, there's nothing wrong just writing a letter. You know, a lot of people do that in their submissions. They simply say, you know, hi, my name is Joe Bloggs, I'm an artist, uh, and this is what I think. And as long as you answer, you know, one of those terms of reference, it will be taken on board by the Parliamentary Secretary and they'll have a look at it um, and eventually they'll pass it on to the parliamentarians. Now, my colleague George Dunford at Arts Hub has written an article uh, on our site called Why You Should Make a Submission to the Parliamentary Inquiry into the Arts. It has some points you may want to consider if you do write a submission. One of the important things to consider is that this needs to be a fresh submission. You can't use an application that you submitted, uh, I don't know, uh, that you wrote as part of a previous inquiry or part of a previous Senate hearing. It needs needs to be fresh material. Yes, yes. Don't copy your homework. I think that's good advice from George. <laughs> uh, and one of the other things he's, uh, George mentions is the article is that it, it's easy to be cynical and dismiss the value of an inquiry like this. But uh, he used the example of working, I think, at the National Museum uh, in Canberra, where submissions from past inquiries were brought up up to five years or ten years later to help shape the discourse in Parliament. And he says it's also an opportunity to win over some of the members of the parliamentary inquiry who may not necessarily be passionate arts lovers now, but if they are given the right information from members of the public, from artists and from arts organisations, they could be won over and become valuable allies in the future. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that, actually. And remember that the, the members of the committee come from across the parliament. The chair of the committee is actually a national, David Gillespie, from the northern New South Wales seat of Lyme. Uh, and there's a number of coalition members as well as Labor and uh, Liberal members too. So, you know, um, make sure that if you're a, a regional Victorian, for example... Mention all the important aspects in which culture affects and improves your life in the regions because, um, you know, oftentimes the nationals can be surprising and important allies in these kind of discussions. If people want more information about the uh, this inquiry or you want to make a submission... Uh, Grab a pen. The f I will read out the full URL just because uh, in case you want it. Otherwise, I'll give you a shorthand way to Google it. But www.aph.gov.au forward slash parliamentary underscore business forward slash committees forward slash house forward slash communications forward slash arts. Sounds complicated, I know. Google Australia's Creative and Cultural Industries and Institutions Inquiry. 
and you will probably find that pretty quickly. If you have any trouble, I'll tweet that URL in just a moment, um, at Richard the Watts. So if you follow me on Twitter, you'll find it there. Otherwise, jump on Twitter and look for it. But yeah, uh, if I, I would recommend that you make a submission into the parliamentary inquiry into the arts. It is a way of helping shape the discourse around the, how the arts are perceived by the federal parliament, and as Ben Eltham has mentioned, by both sides of parliament, not just one party or the other, or indeed the government themselves. Ben Eltham, any final comments to add? Yeah, I mean, I think this is not the be-all and end-all um, of the way that we should engage with policy and with culture and, you know, the way the governments treat culture. You know, um, this is just one aspect of it. So, you know, yeah, by all means, write a submission, but also get involved in all the other ways in which you can contribute to this discussion, you know, write to your local member. Um, you know, also, I think, you know, remember that a lot of what goes on in politics happens at a grassroots and a local level. So talk to your friends and your neighbours and your colleagues about why this stuff is important. Don't just write a letter to the parliament and think that that's going to affect change. It's a little bit longer and tougher and harder than that. Ben Eltham, thank you very much for joining us on the program today. Thanks, Richard. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Triple R's Smart Arts, a weekly radio show bringing news, reviews and interviews about the arts, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Thursday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and if you have any questions or feedback, feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website. <laughs>